Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We are well aware that all eyes in the tennis world right now turn to the action happening at the 2021 French Open, the year's second Grand Slam officially underway. That said, just because we have a Grand Slam event going on does not mean action elsewhere in the pro tennis world stops. Of course, last week we had a couple of ATP Challenger events. We have a few more on our hands this week as well. And as such, that means we have another ATP Challenger podcast for all of you listeners today. My guys, Damian Kust, Jakob Bobro, breaking down all of the action from the past week on the Challenger Tour. They talk about Holger Rune, Gastel Elias. They talk about some of the Challenger guys who had success in Roland Garros qualifiers and actually play a little draft pick game that I think all of you listeners are going to enjoy. They also discuss how difficult it is and how, you know, listeners really should be watching Challenger tennis during the slams as well because the action on the ATP Challenger Tour never stops. So again, we have a fantastic ATP Challenger-centric podcast for all of you listeners today. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out, week in, week out here on this Great Shot podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course from our friends at Turn of Tennis. You guys know the deal. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat, which as these months turn into summer months, it gets hotter and hotter outside. You need a grip that can withstand a little bit of sweat. Of course, Turner Grip's performance in hot and humid conditions is unmatched, and you already know that trademark, iconic blue color can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros. If you would like to join the Turner Tennis family, you can call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. You mentioned Cracked Rackets sent you. They'll add in a couple other free samples as well as treat you like family. So again, if you would like to join the Turner Tennis team, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, Let's get to another ATP Challenger podcast with my friends, Damian Kust and Jakob Babra. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger 2 podcast. And I am once again joined by my friend Jakub. And we had uh, a question from, from Jan again uh, about uh, Flavio Kovoli, Holger Rune, and Artur Kazo, and who, who, according to us, is going to win a, a Challenger first out of them. So I'm going to let you go first. And, and actually, a follow up question to that is if your answer would have been the same before this week. I obviously am. 
need to say Holger Luna, he's he's the highest ranked. He he reached the final this week, got very close, as we're going to talk about. Um, I would say in terms of talent from the three, I think Kazor is probably the most talented player, but I feel like Rune is, is a bit further along um, that road of, of trying to become a challenger player, whereas Kazor, I feel like his ranking is still quite a bit deeper, so he's going to have to rely on, on, on wild cards and then taking his chances, and, and oftentimes it's, it will be difficult for him because those, those friend challenges that you see, are oftentimes some of the, the most stacked challenges that you get. So it's going to be sort of tougher for him to break through, I think, rather than than Runa, who can now, I think, will, will, will be able to definitely enter qualities, I think, of most challengers um, and can make a run from there. So what do, what do you think? Yeah, I also would answer Runa. Before this week, I probably would have said the same. I actually remember uh, back when Rune played one one other challenger this year, there, there was a, a question about him too. I can't remember the specifics, but I think it was something about him winning challengers too. And I said that maybe it was going to be that week and he lost in the final round of qualies there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's definitely further along the way, along the line of progress right now. I mean, uh, most of the concerns that, that people had with Rune was not having enough weapons and in this week we definitely saw that this is this particular area of his game is, is definitely improving. Uh, Kazo's ranking is 451 I think right now, something like that. We're gonna get a pretty good idea of how, how good he is at the moment tomorrow I guess uh, at, at the French. But I think definitely, I'm not still uncertain if Koboli is gonna do that do that week week in week out what he did in mm -hmm. what was that in Italy? But Biela, Biela, uh, if it's Most in Italy, Biela. it yeah. had to be yeah. <laughs> uh, because Rome was Gaston Pellegrino, right? Uh, yeah, so it had to be Biela, I guess. Uh, so 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 I'm still not still uncertain if Koboli has it to to just keep doing this week weekly. I'm I'm not convinced. And about Rune, it's hard not to be convinced, although his his physical issues, constant cramping, are definitely worrying. But I guess maybe he's just not developed yet. I guess we'll, we'll get to Rune in a, in a second too, right? So, uh, which challenger do you want to start with this week? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got the one. We have Oerash number four. Um, yeah, uh, as, as, as we mentioned, Holger Rune in the final there, losing to Gashtao Eliash. Who, by the way, Gashtao Elias, I recently remember, he was one of the first tennis, it was one of the first tennis matches that I ever saw live. Uh, Davis Cup in Slovakia 2012, lost to Klijan. Anyway, uh, he won uh, today, though, beating Runes 5-7, 6-4, 6-4. Uh, Amazing battle. Unfortunately, you could only see a bit of it. I couldn't see it at all. Why? <laughs> um, copyright yeah. issues, copyright somehow. Issues <laughs> It's unbelievable, frankly. I saw, you know, one of my friends uh, mentioned uh, the guy who, I don't know what his exact position is, but the guy who's responsible for, for ATP Challenger Tour, uh, Josh Maizelas from, from the ATP, and he said that they're sorting out the issues, but when he replied, it was actually 5-4 in the third, I think, and they obviously 
didn't sort the issues in time for us. Yeah, and the the, the replay isn't up right now. I was trying to watch uh, bits of it today, and I don't I couldn't find the replay on the website. Yeah, because when when the uh, copyright strike was you know displayed, the, the the whole match disappeared from the platform. Uh, I hope they put I it back on because it seemed amazing. Checked. I haven't actually checked it on the Challenger TV tab on the ATP. Mm. I'm. I don't know if you're watching there or or live stream. I'm watching on live. Stream. I, I I watch it through live stream always, yeah, but but okay, I'm, I'm pretty so. sure they they're just sort of linked through. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I wonder I, what I this place there. That, that it's gonna be on the ATP page. So we actually only could watch this to un, up until five four in the second, and up until this point, I would definitely argue that Rune was the better player. So you can't really say what would happen there. But uh, you know, earlier in the year, Elias. Elias defeated him in uh, in the final two, uh, ITF Vienna, I think, uh, 25k. So definitely not an easy matchup for Rune, probably because of how good Elias's forehand is, I guess. Uh, yeah, what, what, what surface was that match played on, the, which you mentioned, Korean Elias or? Uh, that was indoor hard court. Okay. Yeah, I guess that that suits him a little more, uh, no, not that well. Because he's yeah. playing just excellent stuff this year. Uh, all four Oerash events, he's been in the at least in the quarters. I think three times in the semis. Mm -hmm. uh, the, in the second one, he was in the finals. I'm very excited to see him play outside of Portugal finally. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what he does ITF. there. Yeah, he's only played that one ITF in Spain, uh, in Spain uh, outside of Portugal this year. And once again, he 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 you know he was supposed to face Nuno Borges. Actually, did face him, but the match ended in in very peculiar <laughs> uh, in a very peculiar situation too, because because Borges uh, twisted his ankle, so uh, he couldn't add to that five-one head-to-head that he had against Elias in the last year or so. So right now it's more balanced. Actually, I think they they both had one retirement against each other right now so yeah and i also couldn't add to our winners tally from our yeah. predictions <laughs> so, since we both picked Borges, uh unfortunate for us just quickly uh this was uh Eliash's eighth challenger title first since campinas in 2017 and he rises 39 spots to number 253 this was runa's first challenger final first of i was gonna say first of many i don't know how many he's going to actually play i mean and maybe he he'll sort of rise through the challenges pretty quickly we can't ever really tell how fast the, the young guys are going to get through the challenger tour or if they ever will i mean i watched stefan kozlov today and if you told me that he was still going to be playing challengers four years ago, I would I would, I would have been quite surprised. Um, but yeah, Rune breaks the top three hundred, so that's a pretty that's a pretty big event for him. Yeah, because he he's he's actually going to have to play a lot of challengers now because you know that was his first quarterfinal even I believe, or maybe he had one one last eight before I, I can't remember. But he's basically barely played on the on the challenger tour and mm -hmm. and had a, a, a lot a lot of main tour appearances this year so that i i'm guessing the next months are gonna be where he's gonna compete a lot on this circuit where he's, we're going. and that, that's why i also answered him in the in the very first question that we had today uh yeah we also had a maiden semi-final appearance from timofei skatov uh, the mm -hmm. 20-year-old from Kazakhstan. He's also naturalized. Uh, I think he was Russian, but uh, you know, 
back when he played Martin Kližan actually in Nur Sultan uh, like two months ago. I remember mm-hmm. Kližan told him after the match that he can't be playing so defensively and, uh, and that it's not good, that it's not gonna work. Uh, actually, it was super tight. It was like a, a first set tiebreaker, I believe, and it kind of checks out. I mean, even if, if even if this was his best run ever, then the the, the semis against Runa basically had him standing like five meters behind the baseline and trying to win points from there. And I, I'm seeing a lot of you know, negative remarks on, on on Twitter or wherever else about his game, you know, citing exactly that that it's simply not going to cut it. And for now, for now, he's kind of stuck in these like 400, uh, 400 something in the, in the ATP rankings. But maybe, maybe this week is going to bring something, something fresh to his career because I, I remember like two years ago, he was you know, seen as a, as a pretty big talent. And then he's kind of been, you know, the progress has been stale. And this is probably the exact reason why it's been this way. Yeah, I mean, Klijan telling him that he plays too defensively. I've I've, I've seen Martin Klijan do some moonballing in his day. Uh, but you know, I mean, he he definitely can like you know step step up to the ball and, and play some offensive. I noticed the other day uh, we we had our our, our extra league guys in Slovakia. I think last week, uh, and Martin Klijan lost the set. To an unranked guy who I who I played against once at a tournament, <laughs> I think tells you a lot about Martin Kujan's current uh, state of mind, state of game, everything. Um, but yeah, congrats to Skato first semifinal. Also, I'd like to give a little shout out to uh, Philip Christian Giano, who I mentioned as going for with, with a possible pick, um, made the quarterfinals as a qualifier and lost to Borges before Borges's injury. Obviously, so um, yeah, should we go to match of the week and upset of the week? Yeah, definitely. There's not going to be much to pick from, but I think with upset, we actually had one that I imagine is, is going to be your pick too. Yeah, it was pretty obvious one. Pedro Araujo, yeah. the, the local wildcard, upsetting the top seed, uh, Matthias Borg, 6 2 6 2. I didn't watch the match, but <laughs> what happened? Me either. So <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Araujo is like barely in the top one thousand. I think when I looked at the nine nine one. I think yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, to to see Borg, I mean, if if he's going to lose to Araujo six to six to the night, why did he even come in the first place? I'm very confused by that. Uh, but but yeah, yeah. Me too. I mean, this is that that kind of a match where you just don't even pop it because. Well, maybe to check out how Araujo does, but I think I saw him like in one of these Irish events and just, no, I just didn't bother watching that. Uh, and then I saw that it was a 6-6 victory for him. And you know, honestly, I'm really curious how Borg is going to do at the French now, because he obviously <laughs> had brilliant results in the past there. I mean, the, the, that five-setter against Mare is, is he's going to be remembered for that forever, but but you know, he's playing Dominic Kepfer, I think. Uh, I've got absolutely no clue what to think about this loss to Araujo. So, <laughs> you know, tomorrow, yeah, it's, that, it's, that's it's, also not a match we're going to watch, right? Probably, I mean, Kepfer. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine there will be uh, many more better matches to watch. Um, yeah, it's it's not even like a situation where which sometimes can happen on the ATP circuit where, like, 
I don't know. I remember it happened to with, with Jack Sock in Auckland, where he he came in as like a top seed for appearance fee money and and lost in the first round very easily. I mean, there is no appearance fee money on the Challenger Tour yeah, for the most part. Enough. I'm definitely not for Matthias Borg uh, to come play a fifty. So just just baffling, really. <laughs> I don't really know what to think about it. But yeah, match of the week. What do you have? I've got something unprecedented in, uh, in, in the podcast because I went for a qualies match. Uh, oh! I don't know why it was so enjoyable for me, but it was actually Skatov playing Jerts in the final mm-hmm. round of qualifying. Uh, very funny first set where uh, they got to a tiebreak and Skatov lost like five points on serve. And uh, if I remember correctly, Jerts lost 19. And yet they were still in the tie break that, that was that was kind of funny <laughs> for me and the whole match was generally for the first two sets cut off not really taking his chances uh, again playing very passively but he you know he, he finally found a way i have no idea why i went for this as uh, there was just one event this week uh, i guess the final would have been a good pick but then again how do you pick a match where we couldn't see the first the first set right uh, so, so I, I also thought about Elias Borges, but how do you go for that again when this match ended in a retirement? So I just, mm-hmm. I just thought that uh, this was my most positive viewing experience this week. I actually also watched quite a bit less this this week uh, because of the Ron Garros qualifying. Oh, we're actually course, gonna, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have a, a bit a bit of a segment on that later. Uh, but this one was simply the one I will remember the most. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the final and I will tell you why. Um, because, I mean, I, I only got to watch a few matches of Oirash 4 and none of them really captured me, to be honest. Um, so the the prospect of this final, Elias Rune, going you know, almost three hours, six for the third, is more exciting to me than anything I've watched this week. So I'm going okay. to pitch, I'm going to pick that as my match of the week for this week. So um, I take it this wasn't your your favorite your favorite event for, that we. Well, I mean, so I I I, th- I think I just had like bad luck to you know where like I I wanted to I think I watched like Bruna against Jimena Valero I think. Yeah, that that, and, that was supposed yeah, to be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I I watched it. I was excited for it. It was like straight sets, nothing much, not super competitive. So this final, ama- amazingly competitive. So uh, I'm going to pre-retroactively <laughs> pick it, <laughs> pick it before I actually watch it. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see if you're actually gonna have a chance. To yeah, watch. I mean, I I hope that at some point they they put it back up because yeah. Actually, there are. I believe there are some YouTube channels right now that put challenger matches there too, but I have no clue if they recorded it. You know how they how they're recording it. I'm assuming they might do it after the the stream, yeah. know, from the replay. So then then that's not gonna help again. Mm. Yeah, uh, unless we'll they actually replay it there. You know, a weird situation. I mean, I'm not blaming anyone. We don't know what's what the issue was. Probably more technical, and the copyright was just something else. I don't know. I'm assuming, but, but it shouldn't happen. I mean, it shouldn't. Realistically, I mean, this is a a serious tour. This is a, a final, and it it really shouldn't happen. Hopefully, it's not gonna come up again. Uh, you know, in in near future. 
so I guess then we can go to Biela and Little Rock, right? This time we have uh, events to pick from in terms of yeah, I mean, which one to cover first. We're, we're, we're on Biela 7, uh, getting very, very close to the actual number of um, Fast and Furious movies. Oh. I, I I wonder I wonder if, if if they're ever going to overtake them. How many are there? Like I thought I thought I, the seventh part was the last. Okay. I'm, 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 so, so, so I saw Fury Seven. Then there was nine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fury. Wait, I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure if it, if it's Furious Nine, but there was because there was like a Hobbs and Shaw film, but I'm not sure that counts in the actual thing. But there was definitely Furious Eight, which at least now or was released a month ago. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna watch nine. that. <laughs> it's called nine. No, me yeah. either, but... So I, I wonder if we're going to get to be alive <laughs> at some point this year, overtake them. Um, possible. <laughs> Biela, quite exciting draw, I think. After after Boyeraj um, for not being the best, obviously being okay. a fifty alongside the the wrong qualities. This is exciting. We have. Juan Pablo Varias as a top seed playing Stenia Collage in the first round. Right away, I'm excited. I want to watch that. We have some other fun first rounds. Gashtao Eliash plays Flavio Koboli, two guys that we've talked about. Today, we have Holger Rune playing Daniel Altmaier, which is quite intriguing to me as well. Um, some other contenders. We, we, we have Katsper Zhuk in this draw. Um, yeah, I, I, I found picking it sort of tricky. But I, I do have a pick who I've decided to go for. Oh, quick, quickly, quickly before we do picks, uh, some potential qualifiers, Luca Ocavani, um, Ugo Carabelli, Brancaccio. It's an interesting doubles team. We have Jan Zielinski playing with uh, King, who, who usually plays with, with Reese, but I don't I don't think they're they've been a couple of weeks apart now, so I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, Jamie Seretani playing with Stenia Collage, two guys who I never really imagined in the same universe, but That's true. <laughs> they're playing together. Yeah, I, I interviewed them both in very, very different places and different times, so it was kind of weird seeing, like, it will be weird for me seeing them on the court together. Um, Kasper Zhuk playing doubles as well with Ferreira Silva. But yeah, my pick is a little weird, I think. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, as you said, it's a, it's a great draw. It's a great draw. I also had trouble picking from it. Uh, I'm excited to see some of the guys who did well in the qualifying for Rand Garros, but just didn't make it, like Varias, like Kafcic, like Marco Tungelitito. Uh, I know who would be very happy if we ever got to be line. And it would be Stefano Napolitano, <laughs> who's, <laughs> yeah, who's in the wild card again. Uh, again, uh, he's not to his father. Uh, I don't. He's, he, he's not winning the first round. Yeah, I don't think no. it's a winnable first round. Uh, Elias finally playing outside of Portugal, which is which, which is great to see. Uh, I also had a lot of trouble picking the winner here. I actually even have to check who that is. Okay, so who who did you go for? I have gone for uh, a guy that you've mentioned just now, Marco Trungaliti. Uh, his, you know, qualifying run impressed me. He he has to me a quite easy draw within his quarter to the semifinals. You know, Petrovic, Justino being the seeds in the section. Kafcic kind of difficult, but did, did take some bad losses after uh, the the, the well, did, did he win the title in split? I think against Rola 
Or did he was uh, in the final? I, I definitely know he, he was in he the final. He played Roland. It was a non-Slovenian final, all Blush final, but I can't remember who won that. Yeah, I, I can't remember which, which no, Blush won. Kavcic, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Kavcic, uh, but I just quickly he blanked says... on. No, he lost to Roland. Ah, never mind. Yes. Anyway, since then, he's not he's not been playing amazingly. So I've gone for Trungaliti to the semis. Once I'm in the semis, uh, I had Varias in there. I had uh, Alexander Muller in there, Admilovic in there. Um, and it just sort of, you know, Varias, Trungaliti. Is, is it a bad pick to pick Trungaliti in there? Perhaps. But I've gone for it anyway. And that's what we have right here. I like it. The section is pretty weak, as you mentioned. Uh, maybe because I had so much trouble picking, I actually thought of the higher seeds. And I thought of going Milojevic, but I was pretty scared after that 1-6, 1-6 to Marterer in, in the qualies. So I actually mm. ended up going for Varias. Uh, ah, going for the top seed. Yeah, he's in the <laughs> I don't like going for the top seed. I'm actually curious if I ever did uh, I I, I don't before. I don't think so I don't think because so you yet. did for, you did go for Zumhur right I yeah I I went for Zumhur once yeah um, yeah so you I think you did but I don't think I have yet so I'm gonna use that you know you did once so I can do it now too so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for Marias <laughs> but he actually has a pretty tough opening ground I have a lot of respect mm -hmm. for Zdenek Kolar so uh, I'm definitely not at all confident that he's been to speak also there's Renzo Olivo in the second round. I just liked what Farias did a lot in the, you know, in Biela and then and then in, then Ron Garros qualies was pretty good too. Uh, he lost to Laxalen, right? In, in in like three sets. So. Yes, yeah. Uh, so and then I mean, obviously Laxalen today beat Hanfman, so Hanfman, he's obviously. Yeah, so I don't think that's a bad loss at all. So so that's who I'm gonna go for. And then we've got Little Rock too. We're coming back to the States. And that's Little also... Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, that's also another great draw, right? Um, yes, yeah, it's a great draw. Before we get into the draw, I had something written here in all caps, and it's Battistone and Qualies. <laughs> um, well, not anymore. But... <laughs> well, I mean, not, not anymore. Uh, Brian Battistone, how can we explain? He's this 41-year-old 40, guy. Um, he, he's been around since 2001, so my entire lifetime, he's, 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 he's been a player and he has this double-handled racket where he can, he basically plays two forehands if he wants to, um, and he, and he has this like volleyball-esque serve where he basically tosses the ball up with his right hand then switches the racket into his right hand and leaps to leaps towards it like in volleyball and serves um he, he lost the cause of today 6262 but i feel like we just need to mention him it's the first time he's played uh, a challenger uh, on the challenger circuit in a decade since 2011 he's been he's been playing He's, yeah. he's been playing on the Futures Tour. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's been playing on the Futures Tour. He played Denis Shapovalov in 2016, I think, wow. or 2015. I, I found out today in my research. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, you, if you feel like it, the match, I, I caught a couple of games of it. It is going to be on that live stream um, website. So yeah, go go have a look at Brian Bretterstone or, or, or just look him up on YouTube. I mean, he has, he has a ton of stuff there as well. Yeah, there it's are a lot of videos crazy. about his surf and understandably, I think but, ITP even really, uh, yeah, they even released something like um, unorthodox serves 
on tennis TV channel, something like that, like a mm -hmm. compilation. And obviously, Buddy Stone was there because <laughs> who else would be there? Like Lorenzi obviously was there, and then some other guys. But but a compilation like that would just wouldn't be complete without him. Ah, okay, I see. He played in he played uh, qualies to a challenger in 2016. Yes, probably he yeah. played uh, a main role in, in in a decade. Uh, he's 41 right now, so obviously. But he used to be a great doubles player. I mean, he he was in the top 100. So uh, he also has a brother, and he also plays with the double handed tracker. Double handed tracker. So. I I I I mean, I, I don't know if it exists, but I I do think like the documentary on this guy. Just like how does somebody come up with this? <laughs> like, how does somebody look at the game of tennis or like a tennis racket and go, but what if it had two handles? <laughs> yeah, the idea is absolutely crazy. And like, like, how do you ever even generate power with such a racket? I don't understand whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, props to him. He's been doing it for for literally decades. Uh, but yeah, out out to Kozlov. Um, let's go with a draw, which is to me again like very very exciting. A, a lot of interesting factors in this draw. We have Jason Jung, uh, top seed, playing Christian Harrison right away. Top seed, very difficult first round. Um, uh, Christian's brother Ryan Harrison is in with a wild card, as is um, one of my favorite players, Zinkan. Not one, not one of my favorite players, but but I am very very intrigued by him. And then also Oliver Crawford, who was an NCAA player for University of Florida, and decided to not play his senior year this year. So so he's on the tour. He's been doing pretty good on the on the futures level. Yeah, and he plays Michael Mo. Two ITFs, right? Yeah, I, I checked his win loss record today. It was like 31 to 10 or something like that. Yeah, he's been doing great, and actually, yeah, so he was the favorite against Polanski, and rightfully so, I guess. Just obviously, still, we're still kind of uncertain what his actual level is, but with all the matches he's been winning, I mean, it's expected that he that he should be pretty much great right now. Uh, I also oh like wait a minute! Oh my uh, God! I've just realized something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he said Polanski, and I was like, wait a minute, Polanski plays Mo. No, Michael Mo has pulled out, yes. and Michael Mo was actually my pick. <laughs> oh, so I no, need to figure out a new. You're gonna have to figure out something. I'm I'm probably just gonna go with my finalist. Um, okay. Who who had in the final? But yeah, so, so, some interesting guys in here: Jack Sog, Donald Young, Nicholas Kari, uh, Chiago Tirante back on the hard courts. Eubanks plays, plays Mejia, who did very well in uh, Salinas, yeah. So yeah, a, a lot of very interesting names in this draw. Hard to predict. I I mean, it's going to be a lot of seed upsets, I have a feeling. I love the qualifying too. There are a couple of, of great players there. First of all, uh, some of the guys who are still playing in college, like Alexis Garno. Uh, or Alexander Kovacevic, they're, they're always showing up well on, on these challengers. I mean, Kovacevic is actually tied with strong Kirschmeyer right now, uh, but Galarno, Galarno won via retirement actually earlier. Uh, I'm really, these, these are two guys who I'm really waiting for, you know, for when they graduate and, and start playing these full time because I just enjoy watching them so much that just make them, make them play every week. <laughs> Uh, Sebastian Fanslow is also a player I, I like uh, checking out one on one once once upon a time because uh, once in a while sorry because he's pretty much it feels like, it feels like he's always dominating the ITF tour 
but then just can't break through. And mm. it's it's pretty funny to watch. Like how how is this guy still not still not making this <laughs> this ranking jump? And he, I feel like pretty much every year I'm watching him do extremely well on the ITF tour, and then basically nothing in challengers. But he actually defeated Mikhail Bergoranakis today, and he's gonna play Galarno tomorrow. Tomorrow, so you know, you know which match I'm gonna check out after after Ron Carlos is finished yeah, tomorrow. Or actually, it's probably gonna be you know, at the same time. But mm -hmm. this is a, a better time zone for for this week, right? Because yeah, Biela is just gonna be at the same time, and maybe when when some of the days in Paris in Paris finishes a bit earlier, or that night session that's gonna be introduced. Or you know, rain. Or rain, yes. As, as it happens, then, then, then yeah. other people are gonna are gonna <laughs> be able to watch challengers too. <laughs> uh, we're definitely gonna try to to mix it up, uh, and then I guess we could go to the peak. Yeah, so obviously my pick was Michael Moe. I'm not going to pick Michael Moe this week because he is no longer in the draw, as it happens. Uh, so I'm going to go, go. I'm going to go with my finalist, who was Nicolas Kari, uh, is my pick for this tournament. It's obviously a difficult draw. He has to play either Jung or Harrison in the second round. Um, he's going to have you know Tirante, Kruger, Khan in the in the quarters in the semifinals. There's, you know what? Actually, as I'm saying it, after the second round, it's not that difficult of a draw. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he he could play Jack Sock in the in the semis, or you know, Escobedo, Donald Young, Kwiatkowski. But yeah, I mean, Harry, I I, I feel like he can definitely make the final from the top half, and I feel like he can definitely win the whole thing. Yeah, I also I was also thinking about him, but ended up not going for him basically because of the congestion of great names in in, the, in that section. Mm. Uh, Harrison, Jari, uh, and maybe even Tirante are are very solid candidates. Like uh, here, I think, or maybe Tirante is going to underwhelm me. But since in Salinas, he was quite amazing. Uh, so I ended up going for someone else, and it's Ernesto Escobedo. So also not too mm. old. Uh, I think it's very random. Both these draws, both Biela and Little Rock, seem like they can go. Yeah, there, there's ways. ten to twelve guys who we would not be shocked if they yeah. won the, it. It's not so... like last week, right? Like no. Last week we were kind of certain that Borges was the strongest player in the draw. I yeah. don't think we were wrong. Because, because I mean, got injured. Yeah, basically got injured in the semis, leading the match, being in control. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we we're wrong. I think I think if we, if we didn't go for Borges, then guys like Jimeno Valero, Rune, Elias would have been the, the next picks. So back back in Oeiras, it was pretty easy, I guess. All, all the things we thought about this event before before that <laughs> before it started were actually true, and here we just can't. Can't even think. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 peak challenger draw where where yeah, literally half the draw. You could say this guy's gonna win. This is gonna win it. I'll be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So <laughs> yeah, it, so makes, it makes our job even harder. I'm not <laughs> expecting points after this week, but maybe maybe someone will will have a, that tiny bit of luck. Uh, <laughs> it's still free one, right? Uh, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's still free one in favor of me. And actually, soon you're gonna learn that there's another competition that we that we started, 
and I'm probably gonna get <laughs> get thrashed. <laughs> uh, so I will actually not saying goodbye this week because now we are gonna listen to a segment on the Roland Garros qualifying, and we have a, a fun game there that we're gonna explain to you from the past. So see you there. Uh, so hey, we time traveled to Saturday afternoon. Uh, there's, there's still no official order of play out, so we don't really know which qualifiers are gonna play on Sunday. But we need to record it beforehand. So uh, maybe, you know, we, we we thought that we have to cover Grand Sam qualies because it's basically a big challenger event. And Jakub came up with this idea, so maybe I will let <laughs> I will let him introduce it to you. Yeah. So we're basically going to. Um do a bit of a qualifiers draft where uh, we're going to take those 16 qualifiers. Uh, we're going to pick them on our sort of teams uh, in a in a in like draft uh, order, um, and then maybe preview them a little preview them a little bit every single time we we draft somebody. Um, and yeah, uh, the point system is going to be five points for a win, and then one point for every set won and a loss. Exactly, and we just played rock, paper, scissors on our cameras in order to determine who goes first. Uh, I pulled up scissors and yeah, with the paper, so I'm gonna go first, but it's actually gonna be pretty fair because we're doing one, the system of one, two, one pick, two picks, two picks, two picks, until someone is left with just one, uh, me in this case. So I'm gonna go with Carlos Alcaraz. I feel like he's definitely the premium pick. Uh, obviously a great qualies campaign. He's starting against Bernabe Zapata Mirales, another qualifier, which doesn't have to be easy. Zapata Mirales beat him in, in Cordenos last year. Uh, but I'm hoping that Alcaraz can go through because, you know, the common idea is that he's improved a lot since then. And then he also has a very winnable second round against Lajovic or Basilashvili. So I feel like that's the pick everyone would go for. Yeah, definitely had had a number one on my board as well. With my number two pick, I'm going to take Mac Mackenzie McDonald, uh, where he's quite a, a solid betting favorite in that one. Uh, then potentially Garin on or Londero, which Garin not an ideal second round, but definitely not impossible. Uh, he beat Kokinakis, Olivo, and Trungeliti. And then with my number three pick, I'm taking Hi. Carlos Taberner who ripped, ripped through qualifying, beating Klija and Fabiano and Menetze. He, he faces uh, Roman Safiulin. And then potentially second round of stuff, it's potentially Alex Zverev in there, but uh, could could get some sets from there. You know, Zverev uh, is prone to dropping sets in the early rounds. And may, maybe Tabernet can even pull up the upset, we'll see. So who do you yeah, think for I, number four? I really wanted to go Tabernet too, because he's he, he has a very winnable first <laughs> round. And, and you know, this is, this is a great pick, I feel. Uh, so now I'm going with two. Okay, uh, I think I'm gonna go for some weird stuff in here. Like, um, this is maybe not weird. Actually, Daniel Rahigalan mm -hmm. probably should be the favorite against Pella. I wasn't, I didn't check the odds, yeah. but uh, I'm assuming he is. Yeah, he, he, so, he so is. That, he that's is. what I'm gonna yeah. go for because he's a, he's got a great chance first round, and then actually Dimitrov, Marcos Giron. I mean, that that's very winnable as well. So that, I feel like that's yeah. going to give me a, a fair few points. And then I'm going to go for something weird, I think, and go Bian Fratangelo. Uh, he's playing Cam Nori. And oh. while obviously Nori has improved so much recently, I don't feel like this is going to be a, such an easy match for him. I'll feel maybe not, I don't maybe feel that Nori has a good chance to flop there, but 
Uh, I don't think it's going to be straight sets. So I'm going to go for that that point that I think Fernando is going to get me, hopefully. Definitely surprising. I had Fertangelo all the way not, down to number 10 on my draft board. Um, but yeah, I have the number six pick. And with my number six pick, I'm going to take uh, Andri Laksonen facing Janik Hanfman in the first round, which is very, very even, I think. Um, beat Serundolo, beat Varias in the qualifying. Um, so quite impressed. Potentially Bautista good in the second round, which is not ideal. And I'm going to do something weird as well. Uh, with my number seven pick, and wait, is that my number seven pick? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know anymore. But that's fine. Uh, I'm taking Botik van der Zandschulp, despite the fact that he's playing Hubert Hurkacz. Uh, obviously, Hurkacz retired from his last match, so potential there for maybe you know advancing uh, through that round because of injury. Then potentially David Davidovich for Kinar Kukushkin. In a second round, we'll see. We'll see what happens. A bit of a risky one, but I decided to go for I it. I do trade it. I don't think Hulkac is a, is a clear cut favorite there. I think the, the official reason that he gave for the withdrawal against Busetti was uh, simply being tired. But, you know, his recent results ah. in play haven't been the best. So I definitely don't hate it. Although I think on the mm. is probably one of the weakest of the qualifiers. But I just don't rate Hulkac's chances to, to go deep here. Um, Anyhow, I just had someone. Okay, this is maybe weird too, but Maximilian Marterer is going to be my next pick. He's playing Filip Krajinovic, which obviously yeah. is quite tough, but uh, with the form that he showed in the in round two and three of the qualies, uh, he lost two games to Milojevic and three to Marigani Rodriguez Alves. And if he brings that form, I think this is a rather even actually. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him upset Krajinovic. So, and as I said, is is very probable. Uh, okay, and then I have one more. Uh, let me look at who's left. Yeah. Uh, because this is just... <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> okay, that, 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 that might flop, but I'm going to go with Jensen Brooksby just because of how good he is. Uh, obviously, don't, I don't really give him much of a chance against Karatsev, especially after that Qualys campaign where he had to pull out amazing wins and he will probably be tired to an extent. Uh, after these three matches, but you know, a guy who just won 13 matches in a row is obviously playing extremely well. So I think I think he can definitely take a set of Karatsev, maybe more. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of want to just Brooksby. I mean, he 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 just showed so much fight in that qualifying campaign. Obviously, you you would like him to not struggle as much through it, I guess. Um, but um, amazing fight that he showed. Uh, who am I going to go for here? I'm going to go for um, Bernabe Zapata Miraes, uh, the opponent of Alcaraz. Obviously, Alcaraz is a very, very talented player, but Zapata Miraes actually beat him last year. Um, and, you know, it's definitely not impossible for, for him to win again, although Alcaraz is the favorite. And as you mentioned, the second round is also quite beatable. And then I feel... Like, I will go for a bit of shithousery here, and I will guarantee myself a win by taking Roman Safiulins. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, wh whoever wins that whoever wins that match, I'm going to get at least That's at least that one win. Really <laughs> I, mean, I didn't think of that. I could have taken Safiulin just to, just to block you. But, okay. So, we've got five points guaranteed. That's, that's cool. One could say that with Alcaraz, I've got five points guaranteed, but it's obviously not, not 100%. Nah. At all. <laughs> Zapata Milaj was excellent in the qualies too. Okay, so we've got five left, don't we? 
uh, just to, just to, yes. just to make sure we're on the same page, we've got Villera Martinez, Daniel Genesi, Istomin, and Otta. Okay, uh, I don't know who I want to go for first, but I think the two I'm gonna go for like at the same time are definitely big underdogs. But I feel like a set wouldn't be that much of a surprise in, in both uh, Oscar Otta against Alexander Zverev and Taro Daniel against Matteo Berrettini. I think I'm gonna go for these two. I don't know. I just I just feel like one of them might give the a, a very high seed, a good fight. Actually, uh, Daniel Daniel was just Daniel was so good in the qualities that you weren't even gonna mention him. Like because his his section was pretty weak, and then the, the, his campaign was just so uneventful that I was forgetting he's even in the event. And I, I think against someone like Bertini, there's a there's a good chance for a set there. And Otte, as you as you mentioned, Zverev might be might be vulnerable to losing some sets. And Otte also really sped up uh, right uh, at the end of the qualies that uh, that six to six zero win over Delian. And uh, he also lost like twelve games in the whole campaigns or something or something like that. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna go for Otte and Daniel. Yes, so I have two picks left between Genesi, Vilaya, Martinez, and Istomin. Uh, I might be a bit controversial. I'm going right. to take Denis Istomin. Um, obviously, I, I would say probably probably the weakest qualifier um, out, out of the lot. Uh, he is last on my, <laughs> on, on my draft board here, but he, he plays Federer. And, I mean, th there is nothing to indicate that Federer should be really good this this year on clay. Um, I mean, lost on the card. So I feel like Eastami definitely has a potential to take a set, maybe even more. We'll see. And then I will take uh, Alessandro Gianessi. Uh, we, we know that Nishikori loves an early yeah, five setter in, in, in a slam. So, so that, that, that'd be I quite nice. Uh, no. There are a few qualifiers where I, where I would think that Federer would struggle. Denis Eastamin is not one of them. Actually, this morning I was writing uh, a sort of a power rankings of the qualifiers, and I wasn't looking at the draws there. So I was just looking at you know, how much potential they have to do something in the main draw, just discounting draws. And Dennis Istomin was my number sixteen, so yeah. I would definitely agree that he's the he's the worst qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> number fifteen was Roman Safiulin, uh, who I also mentioned before that, that I'm not really expecting anything from him. He, he he didn't win a single match on on clay uh, before this before this week uh, this year. Uh, but actually, a very interesting thing is that he made the made a second slam this year as a qualifier. Uh, would be would be great if he was able to follow it up at Wimbledon at the U.S. Open. Yeah, but anyhow, I am left with Mario Villa Martinez. I'm not. I'm quite happy about it, honestly. I I don't know. I I, I really didn't want to. Be left with Istomin, and so have you picked him up? And mm. I was kind of <laughs> of maybe Villa Martinez also giving some sort of fight to Bautista Agut. Uh, you know, they're both Spaniards, but for Bautista Agut, this is probably his weakest surface. So maybe maybe there's some there's something there. I think we our teams are pretty even, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so just to recap, my team is Mackenzie McDonald, Carlos Tabernet, Annie Laksonen, Potik van der Zandschulp, Bernabe Zapata-Miraes, Roman Safiulin, Alessandro Gianessi, and yes, Denis Istomin. I wasn't uh, writing them down, but I think I think I remember. 
Okay, I'll 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 just I'll just try to go through yours here. Yours is Carlos Alcaraz, Daniel Elahi Galan, uh, Maximilian Marterer, um, Bjorn Fratangelo, Jensen Brooksby, Taro Daniel, Oscar Ota, and yes. Mario Villaya. I'm gonna write them down after when I when I edit that recording, but yeah, uh, wasn't right now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna check back on these peaks in in a week's time. Uh, well, actually, maybe in two weeks if some of these qualifiers are yeah. potentially two weeks if somebody yeah somebody if someone goes is gonna run, stay we'll, in Paris we'll, we'll for see. the second week, then we're gonna have to come back to this in in two weeks. Uh, or maybe someone is gonna be you know that's gonna uh, someone is gonna have a lead and his qualifier is gonna be in the second week. Then then, then we we're not really gonna have to wait more. But we're definitely gonna get back to these peaks. So uh, yeah, we really recorded yeah. that on Saturday. We don't know if if for example tomorrow Villa Martinez defeats <laughs> Bautista, good. Then then, 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 then we did we we really didn't know about it. Uh, okay, so. Uh, I guess thanks for listening and we'll see you next week then because I think that's what we're gonna end the the podcast on, right? Or or is it gonna be in the beginning? Ah yeah, we'll, sure. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so thanks. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger podcast with Damien Kust and Yaka Babro. A shout out to them week in, week out. You know they're going to be covering all of the action on the ATP Challenger Tour. You're not going to find two reporters more tuned in to that Challenger beat than them. So as always, we appreciate them taking the time to chat about all of the action. Of course, there's ATP Challenger play continuing this week. I know here in North America, the Little Rock Challenger is underway. All of us always excited to hear Mike Cation back on the call as he is this week. So of course, yes, there's French Open action, but perhaps you need something to fill your hours a little later in the day. That's where the ATP Challenger Tour comes in. A shout out to Damien and Jakob for preparing us for all of that action. Of course, we are well aware. Roland Garros carries on. Two of the best eight weeks in the professional calendar taking place over the next two weeks. Rest assured, we will be covering all of that action day in, day out on our mini break podcast. We'll have recaps posted for you around 7, 8 p.m. each day, recapping the previous day's play, previewing the day ahead as well. We'll also have our GSP aces of the day where I am offering my selections, my picks for, I suppose, the opportunities for us to put a little bit of cash in our pocket, profit off the fact that we know our Crack Rackets community, the most intelligent, most well-informed fans in the business. So be on the lookout for all of that content day in, day out. And of course, if you miss any of it, you can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. You need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to contact me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for the <laughs> of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turner Tennis. Remember, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to join the Turner Tennis team. But with that in mind, for our wonderful hosts, Damian Kust, Jakob Babro, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, hey, great shot, and we'll see you all later tonight. Thanks, everyone.